Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, good afternoon, my good friend, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Hey, man, I've been doing good fighting the wars. Very auspicious win for the catch in Ames, Iowa last Saturday. A crazy 10 to 9, hard fought, grinded out victory for the Wildcats. We knew it would be a struggle, Joe, but I didn't quite think it would be this much of a struggle. I think we both thought it was going to be a close, hard fought game. I didn't quite expect it to be that low scoring. Iowa State didn't even score a touchdown on K-State. It was kind of an ugly game to watch. Uh, neither team really played that well, I didn't think. K-State had a bunch of missed opportunities. They had a missed field goal. They had a would-be touchdown that Malik Knowles fumbled on the one-yard line. Actually, he had it punched out, which was a good play by the defense on that one. But, yeah, it was a lot of mistakes by K-State. In the end, they got the victory. <laughs> I mean, that's... I kept watching the game, you know, as I was watching the game, I thought making mental notes like, oh, we missed the field goal. This is going to cost us and we're going to end up losing this, you know, you know, and that happened all game long with different plays. But in the end, they, uh, the defense made some big stops, stopped Iowa State and got the one point victory. But it was nerve wracking. That's for sure. Hey, Joe, no doubt. It was absolutely nerve wracking. Um, but well, unlike you, Joe, I, I'm a defensive type of guy. And every now and then, I like a knockdown, drag out, defensive type of game. Maybe a little too close for comfort in a one-point game. But it, it was interesting to be able to see how important each drive was and each possession when you looked at this game. Because you knew that touchdowns were going to be at a premium, they were going to be hard to come by. And it felt like when K-State was winning 7-6, to six, you knew that they had to get some more points to get the victory, but you didn't know if it was going to necessarily need to be a touchdown or a field goal. But just like you said, I, I think the game, when you really break it down in its finest parts, really came down to Iowa State's front seven playing probably one of the best games they played 
this year, and they're a good front seven. And then mm-hmm. Kansas State not being able to run the ball traditionally the way they like to run it. And I think we forced the run for a while, um, but we did make a big play in the early part of the drive. It was greatly done by Martinez to avoid the rush and get a long pass to Phillip Brooks for the touchdown. Who would have known that would have been the only touchdown when it happened at the time? Mm -hmm. But it did show you, even though Martinez didn't have the miraculous games that he had the last couple weeks of running the ball, he still made some timely moves in the pocket and kept plays alive. And he still was able to rush for 77 yards and pass for 246 yards. I just think that if we would have continued to try to push the pass game a little bit more earlier and not as being as tedious on the run game, I think we would have had a little bit more success with Iowa State. But I understand why we stood and stayed with our game plan, which is to run the football. But I'm telling you, that front seven of Iowa State was nasty, Joe. Yeah, they're good. They did the same thing against KU. They pretty much shut them down. Yeah, I agree with you there. That that uh, that rush defense of theirs is excellent. Now they the secondary is a little suspect. I mean, guys are getting open. Well, at least twice <laughs> they got they got no, they deep. Exactly. Uh, Brooks was open once, and Knowles got. It. I don't know if they had a busted play on that play where Knowles got open and. You know, Martinez hits him at stride there. It's an easy touchdown that he just walks in. But he had to come back with the ball, which happens, and that's why the defender was able to catch up with them and knock that ball out. But, yeah, receivers got open enough, and Martinez, like you said, made some uh, opportunistic plays. He really played great. The stats really don't show how good he did play. In my opinion, I, I mean, I give him all the credit in the world. I think mean, he's the reason we won the game, to be honest. Our defense didn't play great, but Martinez made some uh, timely plays. It probably you know, kept the offense going enough, allowed us to get that uh, one-point victory. No, you hit it on the head. Um, a couple of things. I still think Monique goes with him not – you know, giving up, he gave up that fumble on the one yard line, which I know Coach Climbing attributed that to a great play from the defense of Iowa State. And it was a great play by the defensive back. But Knowles has got to be cognizant enough to not let that happen, though, Joe. That's unacceptable. That's a yeah. big turning point in the game. That could have made this contest a lot different. It's a touchdown um, versus being a touchback. That would have made our league feel like an insurmountable league, and I think would have really gave us the comfortability that we needed in the game. But it's a learning mistake. Yeah. Fortunately, we were able to come back and get that done and still get the victory. What I come out of this game really uh, liking, Joe, is that champions and teams that have special seasons usually have games like this where it's a one-point game or last overtime type game that you find a way to win. 
And what I like about Kansas State and what I'm starting to see with Martinez in the leadership in that room is that there's no panic. There's no panic. Even right. when they went, when they even when they went down nine to seven, everybody on that sideline figured that they were going to find a way to get a win. And I and you can exhibit that and see that in Martinez's play because he's calm, he's not panicky in the pocket, he's not doing some reckless type things, throwing the ball, trying to make a play that's not really there. And you can tell he has played a lot of football and the moment is not too big for him. Exactly right. And he even said after the game that they were confident that they were going to win it and never never lost that confidence. And I think the team saw that in him and his demeanor. Now, as a fan, I was nervous. And I thought there were, there were a couple no points doubt, in the game no where, I, where I thought we were going to lose. But he, he did play, play loose, play good. Could have played better, but yeah, I agree with you there that uh, he's he's playing calm, cool, and collected. The whole team kind of feeds off of that, and that's nice to see. What did you think of after the game was locked up, the climate kind of threw the headset off and made a beeline right to Gene Taylor and gave the old bear hug? Yeah, I know you kind of took a little, I saw your comment on Twitter and some things, took a little, uh, I, I just thought it was pure emotion, Joe. Um, I think Climate is an Iowa guy. Iowa State has had our number the last couple of years. He played up in Northern Iowa. He has a lot of connections in the state of Iowa. I just think this game was very important to him. And I had a little privilege to be around the team the last few weeks. I can just sense that this is a game that and a team that he wanted to kind of get the peripheral monkey off his back and he was emotional and just wanted to get the win. And he's thankful to Gene. Gene has given him this opportunity to be able to lead K-State and and the Big 12 and a big-time program. So I think he just saw him. He saw him in emotion, and it was just a natural reaction. Yeah. What would you take from him? Well, I mean – you don't normally see reactions like that or celebrations like that. And I think I said what I said was you normally see that if someone wins a conference championship or a national championship. That's kind of what the celebration looked like. Right, right. But after, you know, thinking about it, I thought, yeah, he, uh, Iowa State really killed K-State a couple of years ago, and they beat him pretty good last year, too. So I think right. that uh, climbing, like you said, he wanted to get that monkey off his back and you know, one one point victory was good enough for him. That's for sure. Yeah, and you got to understand that's only the third loss out of like thirty attempts up at Iowa State, up in Ames over the last several years. So he knew in his heart of heart that it was going to be difficult uh, for K State to come up there and get the victory, and he knew it was a like we talked about, Joe. It was a pivotal game in the schedule the way things set up for K-State, if they want to make a run for the Big 12 championship, that was a game that they could not afford to lose. Yeah, and I think that he knew the team didn't uh, play particularly well in all phases, and 
you know, missed a field goal, had that turnover, which should have been a touchdown, and they still got the victory. He knows the teams that win a championship have to win games like that. No doubt. There were plenty of opportunities to lose that game, and they won it. And that's the important thing. Right, and that's why I think all the emotions um, just exuded out and just was bursting out. You can see it as it was, as it was counting down. That's one of the most exciting reactions you've seen him, uh, even after the first Oklahoma victory when they beat Oklahoma his first season. Uh, I think that's that's how important that game was for him. I do want to ask you, Joe, um, a little bit about the kicking game, and then I want to go to the defense before we transition. Um, what in the world is wrong with Tennant missing field goals that are less than 40-plus yards? The consistency for him is scaring me a little bit. I understand, Joe, if they're 45-plus yards trying to make and we miss them. But when they're in that 40 to 30 range, field goals, no win, no other obstacles to worry about, we can't miss those field goals. No, you're right, and that's frustrating. And I don't know what the deal is or how to fix that or what he needs to do to fix that. But it seems to be a trend, like you said. He shouldn't miss those field goals. Yeah, and I think it's a mental thing because I think the kid has a strong enough leg. And if you look at the kid, the size of him, he's a pretty good-sized kicker. So I, I, I just don't know if it's the, you know, the killer instinct to say, hey, I got to knock these down. But what I'm concerned about, we're going to need him in a big moment, Joe, over the next several yeah. weeks to win us a game. It's going to come down to him. And Kleiman is going to have to make a decision on a fourth down play. Am I going to try to kick this 38-yard field goal? Or I'm going to have to go for it on fourth and three to try to continue to drive to get closer. Those type of things are going to come down. And it's going to happen against a critical team in a critical moment. And we just got to get more consistency out of our field goal kicker so he can make the right decision. These games coming up are going to be close, most likely. And he's missed three field goals now on the season. Nine of twelve. So that's what seventy five percent. And I think Joe, are all of them less than forty yards. Yeah, um, only one was more than forty, and one, uh, two were under forty, basically. Okay, but okay, yeah, that's that's not excuse. Yeah, you shouldn't miss one under forty yards. Yeah, that should be an automatic. Yeah. So to close it out, Joe, I just want to make a comment. Josh Hayes, the transfer from Virginia and the transfer from North Dakota State, was the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week on the defensive side. He had 11 total tackles, eight solos, one tackle for loss, one pass to break up. This guy was all over the field. Yeah, he was. He has really, really settled into a role uh, along with Savage, the corners. I'm getting more and more confident. And that secondary, Joe, that is giving me more confidence as we getting ready to 
face some high-profile attack teams, particularly TCU, coming off the bye week. We'll talk about that next week when we get into TCU. K-State is off this week with a bye week. But I do like what I'm seeing in the secondary. Oh, I love it. What I'm seeing, yeah, and that the defense is playing great. Now, they gave up a little bit of yards. I say, especially early on, I State doing that short passing game. And you can tell that was their game plan. And then uh, K-State adjusted to that. But as they were doing that, they were kind of moving all downfield pretty easily before that adjustment was made. But, yeah, the secondary is playing great. He's savage. And that's why I think K-State is contender to make the Big 12 championship game. Because the defense is good enough to keep us in all these games down the stretch. I think all the games will be close because of our defense and how they're playing. Now, and that's the key, Joe. We're so we're at the halfway mark. We're five and one with six to play. Um we're we're exactly where I thought we would be at this point. We just lost to a team that I didn't anticipate, but we're five and one. I think you might have had us uh, probably what four or two at this point. No, I had us six and zero. Yeah, you had us undefeated. Yeah. yeah, you had us undefeated. So we're one off. Um, now we're getting ready to get the back half of the schedule, and you know we'll get into TCU next week. But that leads us into let's look at the conference race and look at some of the games that are coming up. Right now, K State is on top of the conference. With a three and zero conference record, five and one overall, uh, we're on top because we played three conference games. You got Okie State sitting there at number two, but they're five and zero, and you got TCU sitting there at two and zero in the conference, and five and zero as well. Now we got Oklahoma State and TCU that is going to be on the field this week in a marquee matchup in the Big 12. What do you yeah. think about that game? TCU has that home field advantage, but I think, you know, I've seen Oklahoma State a few times this year, and I think they're overall a better team. TCU is undefeated, of course, but they're inconsistent in-game. You know, they'll have a great drive, great couple of drives or whatever, and then they'll mm-hmm. stall out on offense. Or their defense like great, and then they'll give up a touchdown drive the next drive. So they're kind of inconsistent within games, even though they've won every game. So as far as that goes, I think Oklahoma State probably has more firepower offensively to kind of and TCU's been good on offense too. But I think Oklahoma State's been really good on offense and will probably score quite a bit on TCU's defense. I don't know. I think maybe. 30 points or something like that, and TCU might score 20. But I think Oklahoma State probably wins by about 10 points. That's just kind of my feeling about it. Well, well, I'm a little bit different than you. TCU is minus four favorite, and that's probably particularly, like you said, because they're at home and they're going to be in Fort Worth. It is an afternoon game, not a night game in, in Fort Worth. But, Joe, I think this is going to be an old-school Big 12 shootout. I don't think Oklahoma State's defense is as stout and as stubborn as it was last year. 
Um, and I don't think TCU's defense is as strong. But I think TCU and Matt Duggan has the firepower to score with anybody in the country. And I think they're going to be able to put up some points. Uh, and they have a receiver um, that's very good uh, in Johnston. Uh, this guy is a guy that can catch everything. Number one, he put on a clinic against KU. And let me tell you, Joe, this guy is something special. All right. So you're uh, taking TCU then? I'm taking TCU. I'm taking TCU and a barn burner. But I'm saying these guys is going to win this thing like 41-38, um, somewhere in that neighborhood, and upset Oklahoma State and come into the K-State game 6-0 and uh, against K-State that weekend. And we will be 5-1. and one, And potentially, they may have game day in Fort Worth that weekend. Yeah, I think if TCU wins, that might happen. Yeah, I'm going with yeah. TCU to over the upset. But I understand what you think with Oklahoma State. I just think Texas Tech gave Oklahoma State everything they could uh, on at Oklahoma State. And their quarterback got a little banged up for Texas Tech. I think if he didn't get banged up, they might have pulled up an upset in uh, in Stillwater last week. Yeah, I think Texas Tech is really good. I mean, their record doesn't really show it so far, but they've, they've played really well. Yeah, let's look at another quick matchup, Joe, that's happening on tomorrow, Thursday. Um, Baylor goes on the road to play a West Virginia team who's two and three. Baylor is a minus three and a half point favorite. They already have two losses on the season. Baylor needs its victory. West Virginia is still willing. West Virginia is typically tough at home in Morgantown, but I'm going to go at Baylor to cover the points and to win this game. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. I mean, the line is only three points. That's uh, interesting, right. I guess. Well, if you take it into consideration, yeah, if you take into consideration the home field, well, you know, that's about a touchdown. So I think Baylor covers that. And I mean, I can see Baylor winning by double digits, but maybe not. It, it's hard to tell. West Virginia's played good at times. And I think Baylor, they're one and one in the league. They lost to Oklahoma State. I think that they really need to win this one if they want to make the Big 12 championship game. So I think they'll be extra fired up to get the victory. And I think that'll probably happen. No, no doubt. And they have to stay relevant to uh, yeah. to, to be considered to, to get into that race. And no one's Another talking end. about them, which is weird. You know, they're not getting any of the buzz. Of course, they've lost twice, but I just think that's odd since they were the preseason favorite. And they're still in it. You know, they're only one and one in the league. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they'll want to make a statement and probably will. Yeah, I think they do. And I think Baylor is a team that has kind of took a little shine off the radar a little bit. But I think they'll get this victory on national TV on Thursday. And um, like you said, I think they may handle West Virginia a little bigger than what the spread indicates mm-hmm. and get and get themselves back on track. Another interesting game is um, KU travels to Norman for an early 11 a.m. game against the uh, Sooners. K 
KU coming off their first loss. Uh, Oklahoma is a nine-point favorite. Think about that. Oklahoma yeah. is a nine-point favorite, and they just coming off a 45 to nothing shellacking from Texas, and they lost three in a row. 49 nothing to Texas, an embarrassing loss to Brent Venables and the Oklahoma Sooners. But I agree with Vegas on this one. I mm-hmm. think Oklahoma will defeat KU. I know Daniels, the quarterback situation is up in the air. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to play. But even if they did have Daniels, I think Oklahoma at some point has to stop the bleeding and has to get a Big 12 victory. And I think this is where they get it against KU at home. I don't see them losing another one like this at home. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better than that. I totally agree with you. They're going to get right on this game. They need to win. They're mad. <laughs> They're going to be fired up. The talent discrepancy is still a lot between them and KU. KU's been playing well, but. Oh, you need victory bad, and I, they're going to get it here, and I think they're going to keep it over the spread. And, yeah, not having Daniels in there, most likely he's not going to play is what it looks like. So just gives me another reason to – and Dylan Gabriel is kind of dinged up too, and he's not for sure playing the game. But even if he doesn't, I think OU will probably take care of business. And it's amazing that OU is favored at nine points – against a ranked team that's 19th in the country. But this yeah. still shows you that Vegas understand what we just talked about, the points and the talent disparity that's on each other's rosters. And like you said, it's just the desperation. I think OU is going to show in this game. It's going to be too much for KU to handle. agree with you there. And the weird thing is everyone's saying KU is going to win. You know, just even fans and even people in the media I've heard are kind of, you know, saying KU's going to go in there and OU doesn't have a chance. That's just a weird thing to say, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I just feel totally different. I feel like OU is, is going to handle this one pretty easily. Uh, I could be wrong, but that's what I feel about it. Yeah, I would be shocked to see Oklahoma go to three and four. Uh, as I said, I don't think I don't think KU is going to win more than six games on this season. So that's that's how reflective I think of, of their season and the way their schedule checks up. Nothing against KU, nothing against them. It's just a situation I don't see that them being able to pull that off like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I don't be able to say it. And the final game of the slate in the Big 12 this week, you got Iowa State goes on the road to visit visit a very hot Texas team who just coming off their most convincing win against Oklahoma in almost the history of the Red River Series. They got their quarterback back. They're humming. They're feeling good about themselves. Uh, Iowa State is coming off a tough loss. To Kansas State, I think Texas is going to be too much at home, too much offense in the passing game. But I do think it'll be a close game, and I think Iowa State will make it a little bit more interesting. I don't think that they're going to win about a 16-and-a-half-point spread. 
that the experts got. I think it'll be a more of a 10 to 12 point game, but I do think Texas is too much for Iowa State at home. I think Texas is too much for Iowa State this year for sure. And it'll be interesting to see what the score is because is this one going to be like 17 to 13 where Iowa State's defense kind of steps up and is shutting down Texas like they did, you know, A-State and KU? Or is Texas going to be able to score more on them? That's the most interesting thing I'd like to see in this game to see how legit really is Iowa State's defense. The front seven, as you mentioned before, I'll be interested to see how they handle Texas, especially with the big time running back and running game and stuff like that. So that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I just think Ears, the the young stud, the transfer from Ohio State, is probably, when healthy, the best quarterback in the Big 12. So, uh, and and Xavier Worthy and the receivers that Texas have, Joe, I think the passing game is going to be too sophisticated for Iowa State unless they get unrelentless pressure to to kind of mitigate and minimize that passing game. I think it's going to be a little bit more wide open game because of I just think their passing attack at Texas is probably one of the best in the league. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. So we'll yeah, see well, what happens. Well, believe K State is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, go to Bet Online. We appreciate you guys sponsoring us. We got an off week this week with the Wildcats, Joe, to kind of relax, take a deep breath. My birthday is actually tomorrow, so the off week comes at a good time for me to be able to relax and not have to sweat out the cats on Saturday. Well, happy birthday! What are you doing on your birthday? Yeah, I'm going to take it easy, hang out a little bit with some family and get a little dinner and and uh, just be low-key and maybe smoke a cigar. Good. Yeah, smoke a stogie and have a big old steak, maybe? Y'all probably <laughs> get a little steak. Got to get a ribeye. That's right. <laughs> Definitely Man, that sounds good. All right, Joe. Well, you have a great weekend, and uh, we will talk to you soon next week. You too, man. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.